0: y'all
1: ready let's do it I just let's do it i'm
0: getting ready to go upstairs so we could have
2: like how does it feel to have this such like talent that that was such a throwaway joke. <laughs> it was so talented. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like yo
1: he could turn that into a song.
2: I uh, know. Uh-huh. <laughs> like you was just I'm going to go upstairs and sing a song And it was so good
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen Welcome to another edition of One of my favorite podcasts In the whole wide world right now This is the Amen Corner Let the church Say amen Amen Yeah, 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 yeah This is the Church of Pop Culture, and I am your man, Chris Blue. This is Brad Carpenter. And your boy Q, that got to know. And we like to take a minute to just say thank you to all of our listeners right now who are tuning in. Thank you to our sponsor, Design Sensory, for helping us put this on. And again, everybody who's listening and tuning in right now, man, we can't do what we do without all of you guys. So we just want to take a moment and say Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Q, Brad, how y'all doing, man? How are, and this is a loaded question, I know, but (laughs) how you guys doing? I don't know. I don't know.
2: I don't know if anyone is doing good right now, but I feel like this is why we made the podcast to talk about what's going on in the world and how we feel about it.
0: Yeah, well, we're alive. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are, man. You know, um, and, It's a whole lot of craziness going on right now at the same time. That's what's so crazy about all of this. Like, you know, COVID-19 had everybody shut down in the world. And, you know, there was a lot of built up and pent up frustrations and anger and just different emotions. Right. That, you know, the world collectively began to feel. And then, boom, George Floyd happens Rest in peace, King, you know, and all of this built up, pent up frustration and anger and emotion now has an outlet. The pent up anger and frustration that people are experiencing and seeing now isn't because of COVID 19. It's been because of 400 plus years of, you know, nothing changing for the most part. Yeah. Right. As it relates to, um, even just racism and the the treatment of humanity, all humanity being seen and treated as equal, right? Yeah. Like, don't don't play on don't play on my my psyche and say, how can you say? we're not all equal when we all have the same opportunity, but that's not necessarily true because if you look at, I mean, you can put a board game of monopoly down. Like I saw this one clip, of this yet this one young lady and I know I'm, 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 t- I'm going on a tangent. I'm sorry, tangent King. I'm kind of stealing your thunder right now, but I saw this one <laughs> video bad, of, <laughs> I saw a video of a lady talking like, and gave an analogy of, you know, playing monopoly. Imagine, You're sitting down, all three of us playing Monopoly, right? And we all know the object of the game and how to win the game, but we also know what we need to win the game. You need money, right? So imagine playing Monopoly, and for the first 400 years, you're playing against competitors that don't give you money. So you can't, you don't, you're never getting out of go, right? You'll never get to collect your $200. Right, and then for the next fifty yeah. years, you're you're given a certain amount, but then you're unable to you know roll the dice. And then the next yeah. fifty years, you're given a little bit more, but you're still unable to roll the dice. Then the next 50, so just and, and that cycle continues. You know what I'm saying for years on years on years in and out, and then people are getting frustrated and and mad and angry, and you see. The results of that, and then you have other people who don't understand because in their minds they are like, "Oh, but we all have equal opportunity. We're 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 both playing the game together." Nah, we playing the game, but like you have a, a crazy amount of a, a head start. Yeah, yeah, and we're both so not the... really playing the game technically.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like I like that analogy a lot, but it's almost more. Do you know the um? It's it's almost. Sorry, this is funny to use this, but like the you know the Jumanji eye when you um. Yep. like when you touch it, it has that little blurry thing and then something comes up. So it's yep. it's almost as if our board when I say art, I'm speaking anybody that. So the, the thing that people forget about the foundation of this country and all of that, there are a lot of and I don't mean to get too deep into it, but there are a lot of it's not really built with the best for African-Americans or black people in mind, right because when the Constitution was written, it was we were three fifths of a human, right? And then it was written by slave owners and whatnot. So for that direction, the Monopoly board is when we roll the dice. It's a lot more straight to jails and no get out of jail free cards and all of those things you feel me so a lot of things have changed but it has it is the the image has changed more so than the problem. So I,
0: I and i want to i want to jump in right here and say um I, to all of our listeners and everyone that's tuning in right now like i want to be perfectly clear about something this is the a-man corner we are brothers that all love each other and we have each other's back no matter what.
2: Yeah. Amen.
0: I want people to also understand that you're listening to three different perspectives right now. Mm -hmm. You have one, you have one man on here who is fully black. Another young man who is biracial mom is his mom is white. Dad's black, so he's he's right down the middle mix. And then you have our white brother Brad, and we all love each other. We come from different backgrounds, and you know um, we have different perspectives. And so that's kind of what I, I I think is interesting about this group is you know collectively we come to an agreement, but we have different routes in which we get to that. So I want I want I actually want to turn it over to you, Brad. Like in the midst of all of the Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and brutality, man, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I, you know, I know where you stand, but you know, let the people kind of know where you stand and how you feel and, and just like, how has this, how has this impacted your life? Like, how has this affected you and your family? Or has it, has it not? Has it caused yeah. you to be confused, raise questions? Like, like, let us in your world.
2: Sure. Um Yeah. Well, let me piggyback off your analogy of Monopoly <laughs> has anybody ever played a board game with a toddler and the toddler just flips out and like will just smack off the pieces off the board and just say no I'm in charge no I don't want to lose that's how I feel that white people are playing this game of Monopoly and it mm. makes me ashamed and so that is how it's affecting me is just this feeling of overwhelming dread and depression and just shame of how we've acted and how we continue to act and how, we conti- and how many people, especially people in power. I feel like people who don't have any power, I feel like people who are in a similar situation as me and my family, we kind of agree, but people in power just feel like they want to control the narrative. They want to control the monopoly board at all costs. And they will throw temper tantrums like a toddler toddler to control the board. And that's what these protests to me are about is, hey, we should be playing the same game. You You can't be banker all the time. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. So, so let me ask you this then, man, cause I don't, I don't mean to corner you, but like, I really, I, I, again, I want to stress that I don't want to sound like I'm cornering you. I want to know yeah. your authentic truth. Like what, okay. when you see, when you see the word or the term black lives matter, do you understand what that means? Like, or do you not? Does your family get it? Do you have to break things down like help us help us understand what white people are going through right now?
2: Sure. Okay. Let I me and my wife and my kids understand Black Lives Matter. We get it. But does my family? No. Not at all. Nobody was outwardly racist, but there was a systemic racism problem that I didn't have any idea how to handle? And so I, I remember being in high school. I remember being a senior or a junior in high school and realizing, "Hey, wait a minute. Maybe what my grandparents and my parents and my aun- aunts and uncles are saying is not right." And I didn't know how to justify it. And so the only way I could, as a junior in high school, figure it out was say, "I can't wait to leave Tennessee." I thought it was a Tennessee problem. I really did. I didn't, I didn't understand I, was, I cannot wait to leave Tennessee and go to LA and just not have to deal with this anymore. That's how I, that's how I kind of figured it out in my brain because I thought they were all ridiculous, but at school people would make racist jokes. People would say racist things. The black people would sit at their own tables and the white people would sit at their own tables. And that was my reality. And only way I could justify it was saying, I can't wait to go to LA. And once I went to LA, it was completely different. It was very much a melting pot of cultures and cultures respecting other cultures way more than my reality in the South. But there was still a massive amount of racism that I did not expect, especially when it comes to the police force. I've seen it firsthand with some of my Black friends working at in the bar. Uh, I can tell that story later, but right now I just want to continue on my journey of figuring out what I need to do as a white person. Um, when I was in LA, I realized it's not enough just to have convictions. It's not enough to believe one thing. It's not enough to know I love these people and my friends know you guys, Chris and Q. And all my, all my people of color friends, not just my black friends, my Asian friends, my Indian friends, they all know how much I love them. But it's not enough. It's not enough to love. It's You have to fight against the racism. And I'm ashamed to say it took me until I was 24, 25 years old to realize that. And now I'm in my 30s. And so I've had a couple of years of knowing that I have to fight against racism, that I have to literally say... Hey, man, fuck you. That's not right.
0: Wow, yeah. That's big.
2: I hope that I can continue to stand up and to fight against white supremacy and racism and teach people that that's what you have to do. It's not enough to be nice. It's not enough to love. It's not enough to stand behind Bible verses. It's not. You have to fight it. You have to say, no, fuck you, white supremacists. No, screw you and your backwards thinking. This is how it is. And this is their reality. I don't care how uncomfortable it makes you feel. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's never been about you. It's about our brothers and sisters who have faced this for 400 plus years. It's time to listen to them and hear what they have to say and follow behind them and then follow in front of them if we have to when it comes to brutality. And that's how I feel.
0: Q, I'm I'm interested. Yeah, man. Amen. For real. For real. Um, I'm interested, Q, in hearing the perspective of not only only you, but, but of your mom. Because, you know, your mom is of Caucasian descent. She's a white woman. Yeah. Uh, but her son and her children uh, are not. Like, ooh, yeah. have you talked None to her mom? Them. Have you?
1: <laughs> yeah, bring us I, in I, on that. I man. haven't talked to her specifically on this one because of the combination of everything that's going on. My mom is a su- so I, you you all know that I'm an empath, and my mom is also an empath, but she's a little more emotional because. She's the white woman impasse where she like absorbs different things and everything at the same time. So my mom, the funny thing about my story and my mom <clears throat> is I knew my mom's mom's side of the family, but I didn't know her. My, my mom's dad's side of the family because they basically disowned her because she had me. And she like, because she had a black baby, they didn't want anything to do with her. They were disrespectful rules. So for me, there is, there was this underlying confusion and anger and not really rage. It just was like, because I'm a super emotional person, I have all these dynamic emotions. And I'm like, yo, why, why is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, I had I didn't want anything to do with them. And, you know, my mom would try to like talk to them and find them and then she'd get her feelings hurt over and over again. So for my mother, she is the last conversation we had that was anything related to this is she stands with black people like we grew up in the hood. She's been in the hood all her life. But there's also the complexity of in the white community, I'm a black guy and The black community I'm the white boy So for me All my life Until I found identity Through Christ actually And amongst other things I was battling this confusion Of my identity, right? I knew I was a black man Because I, you know, would get snatched out of cars by police and everything. And I would laugh and they're like, why is this nigga laughing? I'm like, yo, because you don't know who I am. It's not even the white side of me. It's the fact that I'm connected to the black mayor in Kalamazoo. But the way that police instinctually respond is this person is less than if they have the mindset. So there is two aspects that is being miss. Missing, missing They're not it's two aspects that aren't being really highlighted. And that is the the authoritarian aspect. The authoritarian aspect has in combination to the white supremacy aspect is lethal, period. Hands down, if you are a black person or a person more than likely a black person. But if you are a person of color who is viewed in a dynamic in which is less than than a authoritarian white supremacist is going to have a field day with you there are great cops you know I've wanted to be a cop I know cops my brother's a cop like there's I, I love and respect the police but at the same time the three scariest things that me as a black man can hear in DC is the red and blue lights behind them stop resisting and calm down
0: let, let, me, let me let me let me let me interject right here Brad question. Cause Q just said right. something. He's afraid when he sees red and blue lights behind him. Have you ever gotten afraid, like fear, to the point where you feel like I could die today? This this no. this might be it.
2: No, and, yeah. and let me let me even a step right. further. Like I'm like not a law abiding. <laughs> I am not a law abiding citizen. Like I am I am living in Tennessee with California plates and a California license. Like that. <laughs> wow. Like that is not okay, that's not okay, but I've never once been afraid, <laughs> yeah, like I've never well. once been afraid because i'm gonna I'm gonna talk my way out of it because they're gonna listen to me. That is the best example of white privilege that I could ever think of because I've never been afraid I'm gonna be fine, I'm gonna be fine,
0: you know what I think every time i mean i can I can go on and say without saying, but just so that everybody's clear, they understand. Anytime you know I'm getting pulled over, or I—I I don't mean I don't—I don't even have to get pulled over. Anytime I see a cop now, just sitting, yeah. the thought crosses my mind: I could—I I, this could be it for me. Yeah, this could be it. Right, you see yeah, a cop yeah. passing, and he's on the other side of the—he's on the other side of the street in his car. He's probably not even looking up or paying attention to me. But the fact that I see his cards, like until we really do something, to where men and women in the uniform are held accountable, this yeah. this may continue to happen. And yes, and, that you just said a thing right know, there. The it's the it's the
1: accountability aspect. So we can't change the foundation in which so. People are right now are trying to cut down the tree because of the fruit that it's bearing because of the roots. It's the roots that are bad, okay? You know, when when these people, when we are when we get out here and Black Lives Matters and go vote and this, this and that, nobody's really educating these people on who they have to vote for. There's three branches of the government, judicial, legislative, and executive. Everybody pushes executive. It's the legislative that makes the laws and changes things like that. And nobody really goes to and pushes that. They go for the president. The president is a third of the the, the playmaker. Now, there is the, I mean, the, the, it's a significant one because there's the thing, it's executive order and whatnot, but it is the accountability aspect. So I don't know <clears throat> if anybody has said this out here yet, but being charged is not the same as conviction fuck a charge when that man is convicted of second degree murder then something has happened that's right. because being charged that's man right. he got arrested and put in jail and everybody all excited and like oh he right. got charged fuck that that man need to go to prison just like one of us you know what I'm saying anybody that's not a, a cop but at the same time there are laws in place and things that are written in place to protect police officers they have their own discretion now I believe that there needs to be something implemented and i hate to get all hot, you know hot with it but there's something there needs to be something not not just any Random ass person need to be able to come off the street and be a cop. There needs to be a psychological evaluation, a psychological program to train these people to to give them counseling to all that shit. Needs to be mandatory because nobody knows one what it feels like to be. They deal with a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, right? And 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 you put that in the pot of white supremacy and authoritarian and the power and the the the. Uh, the intoxication and the rush of being in power and whatever I do is is the law and all that. Like, yo, that that's the problem. There It should not be something where you just sign up, take a course, eight weeks, you're in the thing, boom. No, there needs to be something like, so in, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, you have to get a two-year degree um, in law enforcement, criminal justice, and some other things. Kalamazoo, you are, they're trained to be an EMT, a firefighter, and a police officer. I feel like that needs to be something across the board. Now, some effed up police officers back in Michigan, too. But at the same time, the it is not as likely. It is not as prominent. It is not as strong as it is in other places. Now, up north, they're real passive with their racism down here. In the southern areas and different regions, they like, you know, Confederate flag, my family owned slaves, you want us, you, I'll run you over in my big truck type stuff. But
2: Fuck those people. Just, Fuck them. I hate them so much. I don't understand it. But, and look, Chris, Chris is talking about how all three of us have different Lives, and also it's also I'm not a religious person at all, and I know you two guys are very religious. But here's my thing: I don't know if you guys saw Shannon Sharp's um, freak out on, on on ESPN about Drew Brees, but I loved yeah. it. And the the one thing that Shannon, Shannon Sharp said was: These people go to church just like I do. These white supremacists, these conservative Republicans, they go to church. How do they justify their hate? I don't understand it and I'm sick of it.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I, I'm with that too. That's one thing I don't understand. When I see when I when a racist says they're Christian, that is the most ignorant, backwards, upside down thing I've ever heard. There's no way a racist person no matter what color you are, white, black or indifferent, there's no way a racist can be a christian there's no way
1: you something that you're you, you that a lot of people miss bro is and this is gonna touch the button but the kkk is a christian organization bro what they call it the white man's religion or whatnot you know there's this whole battle of white jesus and
0: and all of that and but a, it is, i get it i get it q i get it but somebody needs somebody exact somebody needs to to show them somebody needs to design an accurate picture of jesus christ he is yeah. not white and even in the bible it speaks about you know
1: the the, the skin or the hair of wool and the skin of bronze. i ain't never in my life met a white person with hair of wool and skin of bronze and all of the things that it identifies
0: in the bible So here's a question I have for Brad. Right. We talked about and and, and we'll get back to kind of how you feel about it. But I'm really interested right now in knowing what do you think needs to be done right in order for us to see change? Like, how can we make sure that police officers? Right. Because we already know how people are going to be held accountable. But, how can we make sure that officers are now held accountable because we we tried the body cam it's not working. seems like more officers are more bold. they don't care about a body cam
2: blue first that's what's bad that's this weird right. systematic racism this, that's the this whole mentality of the police officer the, the police force that has to change that that mentality of. I'm going to lie. I'm going to push in Buffalo. I'm going to push somebody and say, oh, he tripped or that mentality of I'm going to step on this person's back so they stop talking or take them on cell phones. They stop filming it. That has to stop. There has to be some sort of accountability. And I can't believe I have to say that. But the first thing that happens that has to happen is we have to listen. We have to listen to you guys. We have to listen to the protesters. We can't think that they're thugs we can't think that they're bad people because they're not they're not bipartisan they're they are americans and we have to listen to them
1: so there there is an aspect in these in these uh protests and riots that is also significantly um interrupted and orchestrated by white supremacists but that is the mm-hmm. there that that is even strategic you know like the fact that they're now firing on peaceful protester with fucking rubber bullets quote unquote, but a rubber bullet is nothing but a metal bullet surrounded in or a metal thing surrounded in rubber. And then they're tear gassing people. So yeah. the the supremacy and the force yeah. aspect in that is on a whole nother level. So the, there are peaceful protesters and there are rioters that are for the cause, but there has now, been all, like the the anarchists and, and white supremacists that know if they come out here and they they start a fire or break you know the and First of all, looting ain't supporting no cause. That ain't got nothing to do with the cause. Stealing, ain't it? You know what I'm saying? But if I catch, you know, right. I'm personally not catching fire to a garbage can. But if a garbage can is caught on fire because they're yelling and no one is listening to the yells then that is okay. That person is violent. That's a, that's a looter. So let's, let's burn this garbage can down and then let's have Chuck and whoever go burn down, you know, break the windows and whatnot. So that, that, that movement has been infiltrated by supremacists. What I'm white, trying.
2: White, culture, so, white culture has a cognitive dissonance that has to be fixed. They believe something. They believe a fundamental truth so Profoundly, that no matter what the facts are, they will continue to believe it, and they will do mental gymnastics to get around it. That is cognitive wow. dissonance. That is what has to yeah. change. And until that does, I don't see anything else happening.
0: Um, I, I I I want to chime in and and say something to the fact that um, say just say something to what you just said, Brad, and that is. I believe now now that you stated that cuz it makes sense. White culture does suffer from that. And yeah. I say that because a lot of my friends who are white are are here to support me and they love me, but there's still so much that they just don't understand. It's part enough. of it.
2: Huh? I know you yeah. I know you know I love I know you know that.
0: But yeah. I got to yeah, no, I'm going to no take doubt. it further. I'll take it a step further.
2: I know I know, Chris Blue. you knows that Brad Carpenter loves them. That is not enough. I want you to know I will love you when we hang up this phone call, and I will fight for you and your family and your kids and all my friends forever. And if anybody even I'll, says uh, a joke anything racist, I will put an end to it that is what has to happen it's not enough to love it's not enough to love it has to be an ongoing thing of of stopping change of saying that is not okay that is not who we are as a human race we have evolved beyond that
0: It's, it's so it's so crazy though man like you have again though some some and this is my personal experience uh So I'm just sharing kind of what I've been through and maybe some people can relate to this. But some of my white friends, man, they want to do something. They just don't know what to do because, again, they don't fully understand what's going on. Part of it is because they've never had that moment where they got stopped by a police officer and thought this could be the end of my life. They never had that. They never they've never experienced that. So they don't understand in that regard. Then what you just stated about cognitive dissonance, they don't get it because they see things a certain way and their experience has dictated how they see certain things. And instead of looking at the facts, they look at, well it becomes personal. Well, my life isn't like this. There's no way it can be that bad. Look what you guys have. You have this, you have that, you know, there's more minorities in the work, right, if you really want to, if you want to go there, that's why it's such a huge issue in the NFL right now. Look at, look at all the minority owners in the NFL. Yep. Look how many minority owners, not coaches, how many minority owners are there in the NFL? And there have been groups and personal, um, sorry, uh, individuals who were in position to own teams in the NFL that were turned down because they were minority. So it's not that, it's not that, you know, black people and people of color are just trying to, you know, Continue to get more, and they're greedy, and they want more. No, what we what we've been saying from the very beginning is make it fair all the way around. Just make it fair.
2: Yeah.
0: That's all. Make it an even playing field from top to bottom, A to Z. Don't give us some and say, okay, be happy because you got a little more. No, that's not what we wanted from the beginning. So to some white people, it seems like black people and people of color are ungrateful. It seems like we're greedy. We're hungry. Well, no, you weren't listening in the beginning. In the beginning, we were saying, yo, make it fair all the way around. That's what we that's what we need. Not not even a want. That's what we need to make it fair. And so now this idea and this profile has now attached itself to us because in the very beginning we were never heard. No one took out the time to listen from day one. I had this, um, this, this lady inbox me, um, on Instagram and she was a super sweet lady. she hit me up. And was like, you know, Chris, I'm a 58 year old white woman. And, you know, went down the list of all the black people she know and the black people she loves and you know that was real, real dope. But she ended with a question, which was, "I don't understand the rioting and the looting. Why are people so angry? Why are black people a minority? Why are they so angry?" And I left her with this analogy, right? What if your wife, Brad or, or Q, came to you and said, "Honey, our roof is leaking. Can you fix the roof leak?" And you you reply I'll fix it. A few weeks later, she comes back to realize the issue is unresolved. So she asks again, honey, can you fix the roof leak? You're like, yeah, I got it. I'm going to fix it. A few weeks later, she realized the issue is unresolved. So she asks again, and then again, and then again. <laughs> fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, maybe that tenth time won't be as peaceful. Now, she, her voice is gonna raise. It's gonna go from, honey, can you fix the roof leak? To, honey, can you fix the roof leak? And you're like, all right, go, all right, calm down. Okay, calm calm down, all right, I, I got you. I- I'll fix the roof leak. She comes back weeks later, issue still unresolved. Still leaking, damaging the floor, damaging the table. Still leaking. Now she's filming. Do you think she's gonna come back peaceful? Do you think she's gonna come back shouting only no she might she might come back with a with a with a fist and punch you dead in your face mm-hmm. <laughs> and then shout, "Fix the roof leak so imagine imagine having to ask for your roof to get fixed for over four hundred years. How do you think you would communicate that? I can communicate that. Yeah. It's an issue, okay. it's a problem that 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 your wife is coming to you to fix. Although it's simple, right? Although it's simple to fix, it's an issue and a problem she cannot fix. Only you can fix it. And it's an easy fix for you to fix. People. Again, I'm not for looting. I'm not for riding. But I understand it. Yep. I, I, get I get people are frustrated. They're hurt.
2: I, I get it. it. <laughs> Man, I I don't I don't know how to end this episode except to say that, that. how how proud I am of both of you guys. So thank mm-hmm. you for being part of this.
0: All the, all the love in the world for both of y'all. I thank God for y'all. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all honesty and, and willingness to be open and vulnerable about, you know, this topic. And I don't use the words, I'm not going to say it's a sensitive subject. Cause it's not, it's something that we all know, you know what I'm saying? It's something mm-hmm. we've all been dealing with and, uh, it's not a sensitive matter anymore. It is what it is. We all need yeah. each other and we need each other to make this place, this world we live in, a better place, not just for us, but we got to start thinking about our children and then our children's mm-hmm. children. You know what I'm saying? So it's not even Amen. really, it's not even as much for us as it is for them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you guys, all the tuners, all the listeners, everybody who tuned in to the A Man Corner, we appreciate you guys for being a part of this. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a comment, man. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Anything that's positive, we. Totally embrace even if it's negative, we'll read it, but we don't know how long that'll last in our comment section because somebody vibe like that. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) we love everybody. Shout out to Design Sensory for helping us put this on. Again, you've listened to the A-Man Corner. My name is Chris Blue. We out, and that's it. Thank y'all. See you next time.